you went to bed early. You didn't smoke. You didn't drink. You didn't do drugs. You exercised. You stayed in school. You were a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend, a great wife or a good husband. You played by society's rules, doing good deed after good deed, all in the hopes of someday, maybe one day, making my list of... The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendation. I must commend the internet. A fascinating new study shows that regular internet use may be linked, hello, to lower dementia risk in other adults. I love this. Sure enough, nearly 40% of dementia cases can be prevented with one small health change. If your parents or grandparents ask you how to post on Instagram or how to send a birthday message to a Facebook friend, a new study suggests you might want to help them, not just to be nice, but because getting them online may help their brain health, too. A study published Wednesday in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society suggested that older people who regularly use the Internet were less likely to develop dementia. Also, hearing aids could be a cost-effective way to reduce the impact of hearing loss on dementia, according to the same study. So, um, if you have an older person in your life, open a open a Facebook page for them or something. And if you do, make sure they follow me, facebook.com slash MoranoFan. I want to commend Vance Walker, 18 years old, suffers from cere- cerebral palsy. When he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, doctors told his parents he would have to wear leg braces for the rest of his life and that he would never be an athlete. Well, he just won American Ninja Warrior. I love this story. I am so into this story. The 18-year-old who was bullied in school because he has cerebral palsy By the way, I do wonder what kind of kids are bullying someone because he's got cerebral palsy. I mean, I never did that as a kid. Did you? I just don't know what goes on. Anyway, this young man vividly remembers the first time he saw the show, American Ninja Warrior, a competition that tests the limits of human physicality airing on NBC. And he was six or seven wearing those braces, and he had to spend around 30 minutes to an hour a day stretching out his legs and making sure they're loose enough to walk. And when he was diagnosed, his mother says doctors told her that he would never be able to play sports. So when Vance told his parents he was going to go do the local American Ninja Warrior competitions and eventually made it on to the show, they were apprehensive. And sure enough, Vance defied the odds and gave and doctors the and um, he defied the odds that the doctors gave him when he was just 18 months old. And he won American Ninja Warrior season 15. I think this is great. And this is really a reflection of hard work, stick to itiveness. And determination. And I really admire this young man. 
because so often we find there are so many obstacles in achieving our own goals, whether it be a personal goal, a professional goal, a financial goal, a physical goal, whatever the case may be. And we think, oh, I can't do this because of Y. I can't do this because of X. The fact that Vance Walker, 18 years old with cerebral palsy, was able to win American Ninja Warrior, I think it's inspirational. Anybody can do anything. Uh, Similarly, I want to commend these high school cross-country runners who helped an opponent reach the finish line. This is great. These two high school athletes are being praised for their sportsmanship after stopping to help a fellow runner mere feet from the finish line of their cross-country race. It's out of Wisconsin. Cooper Erickson, a sophomore, was on his way to a third-place finish at the first race of the season when he said he saw the runner in front of him stumble. Instead of running past him to cross the finish line in second place, Cooper ran back and helped the runner. Ethan Olds was right behind Cooper in fourth place when he saw his teammates stopping to help. He also ran back. And together, the two teammates lifted their competitor to his feet and jogged with him across the finish line. And as they neared the finish line, both Ethan and Cooper said they saw their competitor lose steam and begin to stumble. And uh, if the video of this finish is very dramatic. It's captured by a parent. The runner who they helped, who's not been identified, is seen collapsing on the ground again right after crossing the finish line. Cooper said the student managed to whisper a thank you to him and Ethan when they checked on him at the finish line. Later that night, the student reached out to Ethan on social media to congratulate him and Cooper and thank them again for their help. I love that. You know, um, those kind of students, great athletes who display great sportsmanship, in my view, that stands in stark contrast to the kinds of people that would bully someone just because he has cerebral palsy. I want to commend John Satello, a California Costco employee who did right by one of their members at Costco by returning nearly $4,000 he found during one of his shifts during the end of August. John Satello is an employee at a Costco warehouse in Clovis, and he was putting away cases of water when he noticed something on one of the pallets. And after taking a closer look, it turned out to be an envelope with $3,940 inside. He immediately informed his managers of the find, and his managers were able to locate the customer by checking surveillance footage and then pulling the matched Costco ID number. I think this is wonderful. I think that's a model employee right there. I also want to commend Michael White. Um, Well, and others, you'll see. Michael White had only recently arrived in a grim Iranian jail when a curious fellow prisoner, an English-speaking Iranian, approached him in the courtyard for a conversation. The American didn't reveal much at first, but it was the beginning of an unlikely friendship between White, a Navy veteran imprisoned on spying charges that he says were unfounded, and Mahdi Vatanka, 
a young Iranian political activist whose positions on social issues had drawn his government's ire. And as the men connected behind bars over a shared interest in politics and human rights, they developed a bond that proved vital for both of them. Vatanka, while in custody and after his release, helped White by providing White's mother with crucial first-hand accounts about her son's status in prison and by passing along letters. White had written while he was locked up. Once freed, White didn't forget. He pushed successfully for Vitenka's admission to the United States, allowing the men to be reunited last spring inside an, an L.A. airport, something neither of them could envision when they first met in this Iranian prison years earlier. So this is nice. I'm giving a commendation to both of them because it's very easy when you're in an American prison or an Iranian prison to just forget about the people that are in there with you. Enjoy your freedom. These guys didn't do that. I think that speaks well of them. I want to commend the viewers who were watching a bear live stream at an Alaskan National Park. By the way, a big shout out to all of our Alaskan listeners, KYBR. You, um, If you're listening on KYBR, I don't know why they don't carry the fourth hour of this program. For, so if you're listening in Alaska, tell KYBR, carry the fourth hour. You're missing out. In any event, Explore.org said on September 6th, dedicated bear cam fans alerted them to a man in distress on Dumpling Mountain. Speaking to the bear camera there, the hiker reportedly said, lost and help me. The site, people watching this live stream of the bear camera, notified Katmai National Park, who they say sprung into action and mounted a search, saving the man. National Park Service spokesperson told the Washington Post that the hiker was caught in windy and rainy conditions with poor visibility before park rangers found him a few hours later and brought him back to safety. So I think that's great. Viewers watching this bear cam helped save a stranded hiker in Alaska. I love it. want to commend um, this scuba diving couple, Deb and Steve of uh, Deb and Steve Dauphine of Connecticut. They rescued a baby shark caught in a work glove at the bottom of the ocean. So um, they were scuba diving off of Rhode Island, and Deb spotted this 16-inch juvenile shark with its head stuck inside a work glove at the bottom of about 35 feet of water. So Deb, who's a dive instructor, said she thought the shark was dead. But when it twitched, she motioned for her husband to come over and help. He came over and did his own double take. She said her husband tugged on the glove, which seemed to be suctioned to the shark's head, but it eventually popped free. Deb said they were not afraid of being attacked by what appeared to be a juvenile dogfish shark, but were cautious in case it snapped at them. So I think that's great. I mean, you think about all the trash that's in the ocean, especially plastic. That goes someplace, and it really does hurt marine life. So I'm glad at least in this one specific case, the shark got saved. I want to commend the Stanford Toilet. You know, they do these thing called the Ig Nobel Prizes. 
And they're supposed to be kind of silly. And this is the 33rd annual edition of the IG IG Nobel Prizes. And they reward scientists for, and I, I think this is very noble, they reward scientists for achievements that first make people laugh, then make them think. And this year, they honored research ranging from reanimated dead spiders to studying people who can speak backwards. And uh, sure enough, the number one prize was the smart toilet. The Public Health Prize honored the invention of the Stanford toilet by urologist Seung Min Park, which studies human waste for signs of illness using a range of technologies from cameras to motion sensors to medical sensors. I think this is great. And the medicine prize went to researchers who counted the nose hairs of cadavers. So um, there's a lot of cool prizes here. I love this ceremony every year. So congratulations to the Stanford Toilet and all the winners of this year's Ig Nobel Awards. Um, I want to commend Bailey Tipa Tarot, a 12-year-old who just won a golf event at the Association of Intermediate and Middle School Games in Tarunga. And um, this is New Zealand's largest national youth sports competition. 12 years old. And... um, This is someone who has had profound challenges related to autism. And he won this golf championship, ready, after playing just three rounds of golf in his whole life. And his father said, I'm so proud of him. I'm surprised at how well he did because of his autism, but then I'm not surprised. He wasn't really a sports kid a few years ago, but he's just got right into it now and he has done amazing things for his confidence. So I'm happy for this young man. Great. I want to commend turmeric. Turmeric could be as effective as medicine for indigestion. I love turmeric. It's great. It's a natural compound found in spice that may reduce excess stomach acid as effectively as any of the leading antacids. It might be as good for treating indigestion as medicine. This is wonderful. New study published in the British Medical Journal. And I will be enjoying turmeric as often as possible. Uh, This is the last one I'll mention, and then I'll take your calls at 800-848-9222. Because this is very serious. I want to commend the Alma family. Are you familiar with the Alma family? Well, they have just been beatified, which is the kind of the last step step on the way to uh, sainthood. And there was a wonderful article, or uh, I think it was an op-ed by Nicholas Tomeno, who writes uh, features for the Wall Street Journal. This is on Friday. And I'm, I, I don't know if it was an accident or if they're th- throwing it in as a bonus, but... I'm now getting, or last Friday anyway, I got the Wall Street Journal on Friday, even though I only subscribe on the weekend. And had I not gotten it, I would have missed this editorial or this feature, and I would have had no idea that they were being beatified. I I missed this. I don't know. So 
Catholics striving for holiness refer to themselves as practicing. And as a student annotates a book for study, the faithful mark up their copies of Scripture, noting passages that speak to them. Joseph and Victoria Olma of Markoa, Poland, were no exception. More than 80 years ago, they underlined verses in their family Bible from a most essential teaching, the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's one of my favorite portions of the New Testament. And on September 10th, the Catholic Church beatified the couple and their seven children for embodying Christ's call to sacrificial love. They did so through martyrdom. In 1942, the Nazis began to implement their final solution to the Jewish question. Pursuant to Operation Reinhardt, the plan to exterminate some 2.5 million Jews in occupied Poland, the regime ordered death camps built in several different places. The 120 Jews living in Markoa, a town of 4,500, were hunted, as were those who gave them refuge. And in the winter of 1942, the Almas welcomed to their farmhouse Saul Goldman and his four sons, along with three neighbors, Golda Grunfeld, Leah Didner, and her daughter, Resla, who was five or six, for more than a year. Their families lived as one. The men tanning hides and skins for sale, the children growing into the world together, reading, helping their mothers raise their siblings and performing chores. Joseph, a farmer by trade, was an amateur photographer, and he documented the daily workings of their domestic church. Their time on earth ended when a local collaborator betrayed them. And uh, I'm going to give you the warning, because if you don't know the story, this is very sad. It threw me for a loop. So if you don't want to be depressed, you turn down the radio for 60 seconds. All right, you're warm. Their time on earth ended when a local collaborator betrayed them. Around 4 a.m. on March 24, 1944, German officers and members of the collaborationist Blue Police arrived at their their home and murdered the Jews, three of whom were asleep in the attic. They led the Almas out front, where they shot Joseph, then Victoria, before looting the house, they murdered the children. And this is what I had just such a tough time uh, rereading, relearning uh, the story of the Almas. And I, I didn't know it to this detail. But so they murdered Joseph and Victoria Alma. And before looting their house and stealing all their things, they murdered their children. Stasia, seven years old. Barbara, six years old. Wadislaw, five years old. Francisak, three years old. Antony, two years old. And Maria, one years old, one year old. And when locals came to exhume the bodies for burial, they discovered that Victoria, who was pregnant and near term, had gone into labor during or after her execution. And the baby died. For years, locals remembered the family's witness. Last week, 
the church joined them by beatifying all nine almas. This is the first family ever to be designated as blessed, which is the last step before sainthood. As some 30,000 attended Mass in Marcoa, Cardinal Marcello Semararo celebrated what he called a day of joy because the page of the gospel written on paper has become, for us, lived reality. That's what he said. The Almas understood that their faith was meant to be practiced and lived. And um, the underlined parable that the Almas several decades ago captured the essence of the Christian mission, it was St. Luke's description of the exchange. A lawyer asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And prodded to supply the answer himself, the man articulates the duties of discipleship and the roadmap to heaven. We must love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Likewise, love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus then puts a face to our neighbor's name. He speaks of a Samaritan who sees a man beaten by robbers and left to die. And moved with compassion, the traveler crosses the road, pours oil and wine over his wounds, takes him to an inn, cares for him, and tells the keeper whom he gives two silver coins to do the same. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Christ analogically, uh, analogically describes himself. He sets an example and urges us to go and do likewise. The Almas scribbled in the margin of their Bible their answer to the call. When Jesus is asking the good Samar- the, the traveler, the lawyer, if he would do the same thing as the Good Samaritan. And they wrote in the margin of the Bible, yes. And I think it's clear, the fact that the whole family gave their lives when they certainly didn't have to. They could have closed their eyes and ears just like a lot of other people were doing in Poland at the time. That uh, they really they really did answer the call there. So I'm glad they've been beatified. I, I think the way the Catholic Church views sainthood is before you can become a saint, they have to attribute, I think, three miracles to you. Um, so I don't know how that's going to go, but I certainly hope that um, that they get there because I can't think of a family that's more worthy of being named officially blessed than the Almas. Love it. All right, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on anything that uh, that we're talking about. 800-848-9222, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 